Welcome to Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. It is Monday. Uh, Good to be back with you guys. Um, And today, I do want to make sure to get into the Super Bowl commercial. Yes, that Super Bowl commercial. So we will talk about that. But, you know, while most people were busy with their Super Bowl parties, Joel Olstein's Lakewood Megachurch in Houston, Texas, was terrorized by uh, what we now know. I just want to be clear here. This was a shooter who was an immigrant from El Salvador. This person wore a trench coat, entered the church armed with a rifle that had the word Palestine written on the buttstock with her young child in tow. And uh, shortly after she entered, she began telling people that she had a bomb and she was pointing her rifle at an off-duty police officer who then killed her. Now, at some point in time, Crossfire struck the five-year-old boy who is in critical condition and is not expected to survive. There have been a lot of conflicting reports, so I want to be clear here. This was a person who was a biological female whose name was Janess Moreno, uh, had another alias, Janess Moreno Escalante, okay? But Janess, it turns out, also went by the name Jeffrey. But yesterday, according to police, Jeffrey, I'm sorry, Janesse, uh, was identifying as a female, I guess. And I want to play some of uh, this press conference from Houston police earlier today. Watch. Return fire. And the exchange is all there on the west side of the building in the hallway. Multiple shots are exchanged by all three. She eventually falls to the ground. The seven-year-old child it falls to the ground as well from gunfire. One uh, gunshot wound to the head. Like has been mentioned earlier today, he is in critical condition at this time. And uh, at 14.07, 2.07 p.m., she is pronounced deceased by Houston Fire Department personnel. Other things that we know at this point in regards to the investigation. Our shooter is identified by a driver's license as Genesee Moreno, 36 years old, Hispanic female. There are some discrepancies. We do have reports. She used multiple aliases, including Jeffrey Escalante. We do have some facts that she was Uh, put under an emergency detention order by Houston police officers, uh, we believe in 2016. Uh, We do believe that she does have a mental health history that is documented through us and through interviews with family members. You think. Maybe the name Jeffrey could have And we do want to state that uh, through our investigation, I mentioned anti-Semitic writing. We do believe that there was a familial dispute that has taken place between... uh, her ex-husband and her ex-husband's family, and some of those individuals are of uh, are Jewish. So uh, extremely anti-Semitic. Her ex-husband is Jewish, and uh, I misspoke earlier. I'm sorry. Her child, who she used as a human shield, 
was seven, not five. My bad. She also had a long rap sheet, including uh, unlawful carrying of a weapon, evading arrest, forgery, theft, possession of marijuana, and failure to maintain financial responsibility. Now, notice in some of these documents, you'll see that her country of origin is El Salvador. So the natural question I would say these days is, was she here legally? So Harris County internal systems show an ice hold placed on her at the end of 2010 before it was lifted in January of 2011. And, you know, uh, look, we're asking the questions that people don't want to ask in the mainstream media. We're asking the questions that police officers are so, uh, it's easy for them to just not bring up these details, right? But when you see the country of origin is El Salvador, the natural next question, since the left continues to just allow open borders and allow all of these unvetted strangers to pour into the interiors of the country, it's a reasonable question to ask. And when you see that she had an ice hold placed on her, well, why would that be? I mean, I guess maybe she overstayed a visa or she had a visa, but since she was in trouble with the law, they decided to place an ice hold. But the overwhelming uh, degree of certainty that I have that it's because she was just here illegally is quite high. Maybe I'm wrong, but regardless, ICE decided to detain her before just lifting that that hold and uh, allowing her back in January of 2011. She was unheld. Now, we'll get into the other aspect of that that may get me kicked off of YouTube. I'm not sure, but I want to I want to keep you guys here for as long as I can. Um the plot kind of thickens here, guys. This is exclusive information uh, that was given to me that when you go and search voting records, if she, in fact, was from El Salvador, why does she have a voting record? Why is she listed as voting in the 2020 election? And if we could go to that other uh, picture there, yes, there is her voting record, Janess Moreno. I won't show you the address, but it's there. And she's voted in the 2020 election, but we've already seen that she's from El Salvador. And we've already seen her extensive rap sheet. So how in the world would she have voted in the 2020 general election? Huh, I think Harris County might have some explaining to do. But unfortunately, we may be the only ones asking these questions. Now, I want to play um, Moreno introducing herself as Jeffrey in a social media video and asking about teachers having online friendships with students. Now, I believe she says this in the video, but she is asking this question at a time when her son is three. Watch. Good afternoon. My name is Jeffrey Scalante Moreno. Today, I would like to talk to you about, are you okay with your kids, your children, 
your teenagers, being friends with your teachers online. Now, there are some other reports that have come out uh, as of the time of this taping. Of course, everything is in flux, but other reports uh, that have come out that, you know, within the uh, divorce proceedings, it was shown that she had had uh, extensive mental health issues. Um, Yeah, you think her name is Janessa. She's identifying as Jeffrey. Maybe we could start there. How about um, maybe we should connect the pattern here? Maybe we should talk about the fact that the Colorado Springs shooter identified as non-binary. Maybe we should talk about the fact that the Nashville school shooter uh, identified as trans. How about the Aberdeen shooter? That was a trans person as well. How about the Denver school shooter? That was a trans person as well. How about the Iowa school shooter? Remember, that was a trans and gender fluid identity there. And now here we have Lakewood Church and a woman who is identifying as a man. And I want to just show you the discrepancies here. The most recent mugshot that we have, here is her earlier on in the years. So this is not the most recent, okay? This was this was 2005, this was 2010. You see this is a feminine-looking woman compared to the latest one that we have, which seems to be looking more like a Jeffrey. The problem here is nobody wants to call a spade a spade. You have the officers who I'm sure are afraid of getting pushback from the trans community, so they don't want to go into the details of that. You have the medical examiner's report, which clearly lists this woman as a female, and nobody seems to want to explain why she decided to all of a sudden go by the name Jeffrey. And I just want to ask the question, when is enough enough? Like, how many people have to die for us to finally say this is a problem? This is a mental health problem that needs to be addressed. And I'm not even just talking about the people that are that are being killed by all of these uh, confused trans gender fluid, what have you shooters. I'm not even talking about those people, although they would be the most important people on the list of priority in my personal opinion. What I'm talking about as well are the people who are being lied to, are the people who have true mental health problems, true mental, they're going through mental health crises. And instead of the medical community helping them, Instead of them saying, I'm sorry, you do have a problem. This is a delusion. We need to help you. We need to understand why you feel this way. We need to get to the root cause so we can change it, so we can get you better. Instead of having a medical community who is advocating for truth and trying to help these people get better, they just lie to them. We have a society who just lies to people and tells them, yeah, I mean, you're Janessa and you're a woman, but you can just go by the name Jeffrey. That's fine. You can just appear more masculine. That's fine. Maybe people will think you're, you're a male. I don't know. How many people is it going to take? How many people's children have to die? What about all of the, the trans people who are not going up and shooting up churches and schools, but instead are being lied to and being put on life-altering hormones, life-altering surgeries, life-altering everything? And then, as it turns out, the studies show that they don't actually feel better then. So what do they do? 
They kill themselves. When is enough enough? How many people have to die for us to finally confront the issue at hand? And I've read a lot of people online saying, well, it doesn't matter what race, age, or gender this person was. What matters is that we talk about real mental health solutions. Yeah, I've got a real mental health solution. Stop affirming delusions. Gender affirmation kills Pretending like this woman was not crazy for going by the name Jeffrey kills. That is the logic played out. That is what we're dealing with. And now we have all of these confusing reports. You know, Fox News uh, reported that this was a biological male who started identifying as a female later on down the road. But it was a born a male, born a male, born the, the name Jeffrey. And then you had, as I pointed out earlier, the medical examiner who lists this person as a female. And I was sent the information and I was told the medical examiner go. They obviously are examining the body and they list it as a female. But how sad is it that we live in a society that the term female, the term woman has been so bastardized? That we don't even, Fox News doesn't even know. Fox News doesn't even know if this person had a penis or a vagina. Fox News doesn't even know if this person's child that she brought along with her is her biological child that she actually gave birth to. Everyone's confused. Everyone is so confused about who this person was and what she identified and who was she really and how was she born. I have a solution. Let's just stop participating in the madness. Let's just stop. It doesn't have to be like this. We have to stop. Not we, not you guys. I'm sure if you're watching this program, uh, you're just as pissed off as I am, but don't even, don't even use, don't use the pronouns, okay? Don't affirm the delusions. Don't do it just to be nice either. You can't do it because when we're talking about a mainstream media organization saying this was a person born as a male and the medical examiner listing it as a female, we have something horribly wrong. Nobody knows what definitions mean anymore. Nobody knows what words mean anymore. I could tell you it's a female. You're still going to question it. This is how sick society has become. And this is why we have to get back to understanding that words have meaning. Definitions have meaning. We have to stick by that or society completely falls apart. Now, um, I want to thank our sponsor this segment. And, and I do want to... I want to get to, um, after the break, I want to get to speaking of words having meaning and society not understanding uh, facts and truth and definitions. I want to get to, oh, that Super Bowl ad. Yes, yes, the Super Bowl ad uh, that we all have been talking about. Um, I want to get to that uh, after we take a break here. But I want to, um, I want to thank our sponsor, Preborn. Um, children are valuable. And um, 
We Preborn is like my very favorite organization to work with because it's so easy to work with them. They're saving babies. All right. They're saving babies in the womb and they're helping babies once they are born. And the way that they are doing this is that they are working with this network of clinics who go and they they put their clinic right next to all of these abortion mills where horrible tragedies are happening every day. And instead of these women being lied to at a Planned Parenthood and told, that's that's just a clump of cells. That's not a baby. Don't worry. You won't regret it. It's very easy and safe. Instead of being lied to, they are actually being shown the truth, which is this is your baby inside you. This is a baby. It is your baby. And God has entrusted you to take care of it. And they hear the heartbeat. Oftentimes, it makes them choose life. In fact, a baby's chance at life is doubled once they hear the heartbeat and see it on the ultrasound. Please, if you can donate, this is an amazing, amazing cause. And just $28 is the cost of an ultrasound. Just $28, you can save a baby's life. Go to preborn.com slash Sarah to donate securely. That is preborn.com slash Sarah. All right, let's get to the Super Bowl yesterday. Now, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't particularly uh, interested in the Super Bowl. It, I feel like it's like a just a tradition that we Americans feel like we have to we have to watch it. We have to watch the commercials. We have to get together. We have to eat way too much food. My husband, uh, we're a family of four. My husband, I swear every year, um, buys for a family of 10. I'm like, why is there so much food? And so, you know, I found myself... Um, kind of paying attention to some of the commercials, but there was one in particular that stuck out to me, and I think most of you probably as well, um, and I want to bring in my friend Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show, to talk about this video. So Chad, you, were you, what did you think of the game, first of all? It, it was extremely boring for three and a half quarters. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of forced into it because of an event I had to be a part of, um, and, and it was really kind of mind-numbingly boring for a long time. And then, you know, I had lots of complaints like you. I see the commercials, and I go, you know, at this point in time, they're not even trying to be creative. They're just mm -hmm. trotting out big stars, so you go, oh, wow, Ben Affleck is, is in that. And, right. You know, who, yeah, who I mean, cares? well, because used to the commercials were like the thing, right? Like you watch for the commercials. They're so creative. They're so great. They're so funny. And now, honestly, part of me is like, I'm watching for the commercials, but only to see if I need to change the channel because my young children are in the room. Yeah. Like it didn't, it didn't <laughs> used to be that way. Um, and so I want to, I want to get your take on this one particular commercial, which is, of course, the He Gets Us organization. Uh, they call themselves a Christian organization. Uh, I, I would love your opinion on that, Chad. And they spent $14 million on this ad in particular. Watch. Don't ask me. What you know is true Don't have to tell you I love your precious heart I I was standing You were there 
all the virtual signals. That's great. Oh, good. Oh, wow. That's great. It says, Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. Mm, he gets us. All of us. He gets us, Chad. He didn't preach hate. And you, I'm, I know you notice. There's, you know, the, uh, there's the one outside the uh, family planning clinic which is very fascinating because it's not actually it's I think it's what they're insinuating is the opposite of a family planning clinic. Uh, you have, you know, the, the final one of the final ones, which was the black trans person. It appeared uh, with roller skates and wearing a jumper, getting his feet cleaned by a priest. You have a middle class neighborhood where a white woman is cleaning the feet of an immigrant mother with a, a swaddled baby. I believe, um, yeah, there is that. And uh, you have a Native American getting her feet cleaned by a blue collar oil rig worker with a sign near it saying clean air now. Uh, I mean, the list goes on with all the virtue signaling. But it was fascinating because I noticed not one white person was having their feet cleaned by any other color except a white person. Like there was no, there was no one. It was just like the oppressed versus the oppressors. Yeah. You know, where do you unpack that? Right. Um, yeah. there, there's if you switch the roles, you have a problem. I mean, if, if they were to switch the roles in that those artistic renderings right there and the other person, the so-called marginalized person was washing the feet of, let's say, the you know, the cop. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. They, you're going to have a problem with that. And they, you start to see why that unravels. So. When I saw that commercial yesterday, someone standing next to me at this event said, well, that was sweet. And I said, well, if you're into blasphemy, right. if you think that's sweet, because because, you know, this he gets us campaign. This is this is multiple Super Bowls. They've now done this. Uh, he gets us doesn't really get Jesus. And people say, well, it get, at least gets people talking about Jesus. Well, it doesn't do you much good if you're t talking about the wrong Jesus. You know, it, the, the, there's three there's three major sacraments, three sacraments in the church that Jesus instituted. One is baptism, which we participate in that represents his rise, you know, participating with him in rising from the dead, a spiritual death. And then there is the Lord's Supper, which, of course, you are partaking in his death and sacrifice. And then many denominations see foot washing as a sacrament as well, which you take on the 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 role that Jesus took on in his kingdom by inversing inverting, I should say, the hierarchy principle, you know, that where it's not rulers and politicians and royalty that, that are running his kingdom, it's servants who ultimately wear the crown. And that's demonstrated in the foot washing that he did just prior to his arrest and betrayal and his death um, in order to demonstrate amongst his followers, that's a key word, his disciples, that this is what they should do to each other. Because, you know, just in the hours prior to that, that event that Jesus, you know, instituted there they were bragging about who among them was the greatest and who was going to sit at his right hand when he came into his kingdom so he was basically diminishing their pride and saying this is what we're going to do for each other those who have now repented and who have been made clean by becoming my followers who've repented of their sins and have now taken up that you know cross that he preached and said now follow me my followers are going to do this 
to one another to demonstrate that there's no great among you. You're all servants. Mm-hmm. So when you when you take this and you flip this around like this commercial does and says, okay, now it's about just being sweet to each other and being nice. Jesus didn't get crucified for being nice. He cru- he got crucified for being a radical and for calling people out and, and for, um, you know, advancing a message that was critically uh opposite of what the kingdom of that world was instituting in that day, particularly the religious people of that day. So so Jesus wasn't, you know, he wasn't so kind. They, they said, oh, well, you know, let's crucify this sweet, kind, nice guy. That wasn't the message. But what it boils down to is that very last statement, Sarah, when they said Jesus didn't teach hate. Okay, let's unpack that. What? Who gets to define what hate is? If I confront somebody with truth and say, you're living a reckless lifestyle that could destroy you and you're gonna have a lot of regret, your conscience is gonna be seared and and there's gonna be a lot of pain in your life because of this path that you're choosing, is that hate? I don't think it is, I think it's compassion. So, you know, these mean old Christians that are out there saying, listen, you've gotta turn from your ways and your lifestyle and embrace truth and go another direction. Um, Yeah, that's not hate. That's a, that's a message of love and, 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 you know, compassion. To me, that's, that's being nice. It may not be comfortable, but to me, that's real kindness. And so, you know, what people don't understand is, you know, the message of Christ, the gospel, was the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And that death for us is a spiritual death. We die to ourselves. That means we die to our old life. The Apostle Paul says, you're no longer that person. You have a new self, and and with that new self comes a new set of living rules. You know, it's a process called sanctification, which is the theological word that basically says you're now set apart, and and there's parts of you that ain't gonna go to heaven. Like Jesus is gonna crucify all that out of you on this journey, called you know the Christian life. It's not comfortable. Um, there's certain things that you have to deny yourself with, and and. You know, if we preach that message these days, are we engaging in hate? I don't think so. But that's what people like he gets us as an organization is willing to spend $14 million to try to tell you. It's bad messaging to the point of actually being not true and it's blasphemous. Right. And I'm so so I wanted you on because I look, I consider myself a Christian. I am not. Uh, biblically up to speed, you know, I'm not a I'm not a scholar such as you, Chad, and and I. But even uh, my point being, even I watch this and I'm like, it just gives you a, gr- a an icky feeling. It gives you a gross feeling. I'm like, I can't I can't point to uh, the specific books within the Bible. I can't point to the specific uh, verses in the Bible uh, like like I'm sure you can, Chad, but. I, I watch this and I know that it's wrong. I know that it's indoctrination. I know that it's watering down what Christianity is supposed to be. And it feels a whole lot like the same movement who is now telling us that it's okay for uh, gay people to marry in their churches. It's okay for gay people to be pastors. Um, see, it feels like that say, it's that same movement that is trying to water down Christianity to be, you have to accept me for who I say I am because I say I am that, even though it is not not true or it is not uh, Christian or it is not, you know, you have to accept me because Jesus didn't hate. And it feels like, I mean, even me being uh, just some, some dumb, you know, person who doesn't know a lot about Christianity as far as the Bible goes and history, even I was like, this feels gross and I can tell what they're trying to do. And it was not lost on me also, Chad. I didn't see any like, 
I don't know, MAGA hat wearing people getting their feet washed. I didn't see it. It seemed to me like on the political spectrum, there were all other sorts of people that were getting their feet washed. And I didn't see any I didn't see any of you, Chad. No, no, I'm the one who's preaching the hate. Right. right. So, you know, listen, here, here's the thing. And here's why you felt gross. Here's here's why you you just cringed when you saw it. Because truth and error don't live across town. They're, they're not cross town rivals. Truth and error typically are next door neighbors uh, with a very narrow fence between them. And that's why you can bring out something that's 90% truth and, and 10% error and, and it becomes 100% error. Mm. So if you put a little bit of arsenic, just a drop of arsenic in your glass full of water, you don't wanna drink that water because now the whole thing has become poisoned. So when you diminish the messaging of Jesus, now you want to say, hey, Jesus loves you. I have no doubt about it. I think that's a great message. If you want to say, be kind to other people, that's a fantastic message. But to take something as significant as the sacrament of what Jesus demonstrated with his followers, and again, that's key, with his followers and said, this is how I want you to behave towards one another within the church, within the disciples of Christ, those who have chosen to follow Jesus with those parameters, those necessary steps. Uh, To take that and diminish it and say, that's just something for everybody to do out there as some demonstration, whether it's the CEO of Chick-fil-A getting down at a church in Atlanta, Georgia and and polishing the shoes of a black man, that you're diminishing the message. And so that that message has now become poisoned in, in a way. And so, while I see that, that people want to say, well, at least people are talking about Jesus. Well, it's, it's the wrong Jesus. It's, it's the wrong message. Uh, the wrong message doesn't get you anywhere. When Jesus said in John 14, when he said, I am the way, I'm not a way among ways. He said, I'm the truth. I'm not a truth amongst, amongst truths. He said, and I'm the life. I'm not, I'm not another life. I am the life. Very definitive in that. If he was so singular in his messaging and his purpose, I think we need to get that right. Because otherwise you're, you're leading people into a false message by being accommodating without a critical piece of the gospel which says you got to repent. In other words, repentance says, I'm never going to do that again. I have mm-hmm. so much regret and conviction in my soul. I don't want to do that because it breaks the heart of a loving Savior who came and literally as he did in John 17, it says he took off his robe He took off his glory, took on human flesh by coming here to earth and being one of us so he could be touched with our infirmities, sympathetic with our trials, tested in the same way that we are. But he got down on his knees and he took the form of a servant and and said, I'm going to be your servant. You know, the apostle Peter, who just the next night was going to deny him three times, said, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part in me. And he says, well, then in that case, wash my head and my hands too. And Jesus said, if you've been bathed, there's no reason to wash the entire body. He said, because the body is clean. I'm doing this as an act of service to you so that you'll know that you're one of mine. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's critical to point out too, he did it for Judas Iscariot. Judas denied him too. Uh, to the point of his own perishing. But but Jesus was saying, listen, you've followed me. I'm going to give you all of this grace and, and demonstrate this for you. Now it's up to you to walk with it. And, and that's got to be built on truth because otherwise you're preaching a poisonous message. Yeah. Amen. Um, a whole lot of people over there on the left who want to weaponize our own um, religion, our own ideas against us, but they actually have no 
uh, intention of living those morals and living those truths as well. They just want to weaponize them against us to accept their demonic, you know, degenerative behavior. Um, all right, Chad, when do I get to see you in person next? I don't know. Maybe in a week or two. I'm, I'm busy, girl. I'm doing yeah, things. I'm changing the world. Yeah, I know. I would like for the viewers to know there have been several times where I've been like, Chad, can you join me remote today on my show? And he's like, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. So I appreciate you taking the time today. Hey, listen, I'm not even wearing pants right now. This is fantastic. <laughs> Right, it's a party now. All right, I'll talk I to you. I love you, girl. I love you too. I'll talk to you soon. All right, so um, before we take a break, uh, want to thank our sponsor, the Jace case. So, this past December, drug, sh- drug shortages hit a record high. And I knew this personally because my son was like severely sick and he was coughing and he had flu and all this. And they gave me at the the urgent care, they gave me a paper prescription and they were like, we're going to give it to you on paper because um, good luck. It's actually sold out everywhere. We can't find it anywhere. But if you do find it, here's the paper prescription. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, lucky for me, it was just a cough medicine and it wasn't like amoxicillin, which is also in short supply right now, uh, along with like 294 other medications. If you need an antibiotic like amoxicillin, you need it. You can't just say, sorry, just tough it out maybe, all right? Doctors are having to like prioritize who's going to receive potentially curative therapy. Not a good situation. Here's how you can avoid that. Get the Jace case. It's a personalized emergency kit. It contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings. They also have ivermectin as an option in the Jace case. So you can buy a gift card for your family or loved ones. So get yourself one. Get your family and your loved ones a gift card so that they can also get a Jace case of their own and personalize it to their needs. Be empowered to care for yourselves and your loved ones during the unexpected. You can go to jacemedical.com. Use code Sarah at checkout for a discount. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. Promo code Sarah. Joining me now in studio, we have Logan Hall. He is, of course, the Blaze Media digital strategist. And honestly, he's like my resident Gen Z, my resident Zoomer here. Thank you for having me. Checking in, reporting for duty. Um, So I want to get into this, one of these Joe Biden videos that he released before the Super Bowl. Um, But you watched the Super Bowl. Yes. Yes. I did. You're in hot water right now online. I am. Why? I said, uh, well, they did the black national anthem, right? Mm-hmm. I said, a country with multiple national anthems isn't even a country. Which is true. It's pretty obvious. I mean, it's a pretty observable thing. Right. Uh, what are we actually united on right now? If we're the United States, what are we united on? We have these two very, almost, I would say, irreconcilable visions yeah. for the future of the country. And so I just made that quick little statement, but the left wasn't very... Oh, you're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to say that. They weren't very happy about it. Well, I kneeled. Smart, yeah, yeah, smart. Yeah, I was like, I am showing my disrespect to this by kneeling the entire time, just like they do to, as it turns out, their own national anthem. Acceptable, yeah. I mean, right. If what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Now, jokes on me because nobody else saw me. It was just my family at home, and my kids didn't. It's about the symbolism, right? (laughs) Yes, it's about the symbolism (laughs) and the gesture. Um, So, I want to play this one of these videos that Joe Biden released uh, before the Super Bowl. Um, This one was on, you know, he's calling on big grocery 
the grocery store industrial complex to lower prices. He's calling on food brands to stop, you know, stop, stop squeezing the middleman as if it's not Joe Biden's actual policies that are doing all of these things. So I want to play Joe Biden on shrinkflation watch. The Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually (laughs) shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. Three I'm calling on companies said. to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses mm. do the right thing now. Wow. Uh, well, it only took him three camera angles, uh, nearly 20 <laughs> cuts in a 48-second video. But things are going great. Things yeah. are going really well. And if it's just those big, mean corporations. Yeah, that uh, video wasn't very confidence-inspiring. And that <laughs> really? was still probably the best we've heard from of him like in the past few months. So That's because yeah. it was heavily edited, Logan. Yeah, it wasn't well, it wasn't very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just a joke. Uh, it's treating people. I mean, how dumb do they think people are? It's like, it's like that meme where it's like, we're all trying to find the guy who did this, right? right. So he's trying to just shift the blame of how uh, terrible the economy is under his his administration. And I guess, you know, we're going to go after the the bags of chips. Now that's like the big, that's the big thing that they decided to hone in on. It's Frito-Lay. Yeah. It's, it's their <laughs> fault. It's their fault. It's not the fact that, you know, maybe there's a rising cost of ingredients because of supply chain issues. Uh, you know, maybe it's because everyone is being squeezed yes. as it turns across out. Across the board. Across <laughs> yeah. the board. And, you know, it, you're going to be shocked to hear that um, companies won't actually just take a hit like that without increasing the cost to the consumer because that's how they do business. That's how they stay alive. That's how they make their bottom line and their profit margins. It's hilarious that the Democrats used to be like this party for labor and like they, they were always trying to fight corporate corruption. And now this is what they've re- been resorted to. Right, it's, right, right. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Now, now every other, you know, I mean, it's mean, it's meanie capitalism. Yeah. Every other industry, it's their fault. It's not our fault for setting the policies. And, you know, I mean, as inflation, uh, they want to shrinkflation, shrinkflation, (laughs) Bidenomics, all these all these fascinating uh, little cute little names that they've given it. But I want to I want to throw up here on the screen the increase in prices here. Uh, Bidenflation when we're talking about turns out it's not shrinkflation. It's just Bidenflation to Logan's point. Uh, Increase in bacon, 19.3 percent. Laundry equipment, 19.1 percent. Eggs. 12.6%, which as someone who lives low carb and eats a lot of eggs, I am very unhappy about that. Children's footwear, 12%. I have two children. I know they go through shoes like that and I'm buying them more and they cost substantially more. Gas, 42.1%. Used cars and trucks, 24, nearly 25% increase but it's that damn frito-lay logan i mean it turns out if you print trillions of dollars in your fiat money uh things are going to prices are going to rise i mean it doesn't take a genius to know this stuff it doesn't take an economist to say it and the, the, the people that try to defend this 
you have to say, like, I mean, it is like on the level of Soviet propaganda, yeah. like, oh, actually, inflation is down across the board where everything's doing great. Uh, that's just completely alien to anybody who has bought groceries right. in the past year. Right. Right. It's crazy. I mean, they try to dress it up like this is some massive success story, but it's clearly not. That's why I'm wondering if, you know, I mean, you see rappers, I've talked about it on the show, you see the rapper yeah. Meek Mill who's tweeting out about, you know, how you're going to be surprised when you see who the poor black people are voting for. And and he, uh, he, he was like questioning, he's like, let's see what's going on before we like are sending all this money to Ukraine. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. It's not it, bad. Right. But so that's why I'm wondering, like, is this, did they, did they go too far? This time the left maybe went too far in their gaslighting of America because literally all of us are feeling the effects of Biden inflation. And they're like, actually, it's the grocery store's fault. <laughs> and also the chip companies. They're the bad guys, not us. Don't worry. It's, it's it. Trust us on this. I don't think they'll ever go too far to where their base of voters is like, okay, this is too far enough, barring like a major collapse or some sort of like war break. Because out. they're stupid. I'd say I'd say they're almost robotic. Yes. If you can get people to believe that a man can become a woman, you can tell them basically anything and they will accept what you say. So this is yeah, I think the Democratic Party, at least the hardcore Democratic Party. Now, maybe he'll alienate some independence with this yeah. and that'll hurt him. Yeah. But the hardcore base of the Democratic Party is essentially like robots and they will show up and vote for whoever, you know, vote blue no matter who. Doesn't matter. He's a vegetable. They don't that's, care. Yeah, that's what I was it doesn't I mean, matter. He's a, he's a walking potato. And I mean, you could argue because I know that there are some people who said, "Yeah, but I mean, he ran the he ran the campaign, his first campaign from the basement, and he still won. So won. why <laughs> he won in a very fortified election? We're told, nah, that's not coming from me. Don't shoot the messenger. Yes. Um, but he's the, then they'll say, well, why wouldn't they vote for him again? He already was hiding his entire campaign yeah. and got that vote. And it's like, right. But also we didn't have the, this disastrous three years that we're looking at that we can sit here and say, OK, maybe it turns out that voting for the guy who was hiding the whole time during his campaign maybe was not a good idea. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. Uh, but like to your point. Biden was just as bad in he 2020 was. as he is now. I mean, the press is suddenly concerned about yeah. his age. Isn't that cute? And yeah. How does that happen? I, they clearly, I think they got some sort of memo mm -hmm. that you can't ignore this stuff forever yeah. and it's an election year. Uh, but where were they in 2020? They were just saying, oh, Biden's going to be this great uniter. Right. He's going to bring the country back together. He's going to save democracy. The adults and, are going to be back in the charge. The adults are going to be back in charge. No, well, it's going to be so boring. Yeah. <laughs> what a boring presidency we're going to have, Brian Stelter. And it turned out it was the opposite. Uh, he, <laughs> they actually alienated much more of the country. They're driving people further apart. They're not trying to unite us all. Like I said, what what happened? We're not even. What are we united on anymore? That's right. the question that we have to face. And. Joe Biden just isn't going to do it. Yeah. For I, them. I, <laughs> let's freaking hope so, I would say. Um, all right, Logan, stick with me. And then when we come back, speaking of Joe Biden being uh, basically Weekend at Bernie's uh, reboot, let's talk about the latest from the Wall Street Journal indicating that Kamala Harris has, expre has expressed her readiness to serve. Oh, boy, it gets better. We'll be right back. Got something to say? Leave Sarah a message at 
Oh, yes, you heard me correctly before the break. This is from The Wall Street Journal. Amid the growing concern of Biden's age and mental fitness, Vice President Kamala Harris has expressed her readiness to serve in a new interview, highlighting her ability to lead and her work. (laughs) I can't even get through this. Her work, her ability to lead and her work record. Now, it's also um, it comes at a time where, you know, you've got James Carville uh, questioning Biden's competency because he turned down this Super Bowl interview for the second year in a row. They're like, ah, yeah. oh, nah, He's we don't want to bother your Super Bowl with us blab blabbing about how the country is. Come on. We don't want to. B- yes, that's that would bore you. Don't worry. We're just doing it for you because we want you to just enjoy the game. And now Kamala Harris is like, yeah, I'm ready to serve. We played a clip of her on. On Friday, I shit you not, she had to have been drunk. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think essentially what the Democratic Party is trying to do to America is just mock us. Yeah. It's like a humiliation ritual, right? They find <clears throat> they find the least competent, capable person, and they're like, yes, we should put them in charge. Yeah. That's the person who should lead us. Uh, it's really like idiocracy. It really is. <laughs> have you ever seen? It really is. Uh, but Trump has a great quote on Kamala where he's like, she speaks in rhyme. The bus goes here. The bus goes there. And that's what <laughs> buses do. And every time, I mean, every time you see her talking, she's making a fool out of herself. She doesn't, this person clearly has no idea what's going on and is not in tune with voters whatsoever. But again, the Democrats will vote for whoever the machine tells them to. They're very organized in that they way, are. which is good. They are. They are. Well, a while back, we went through the um, the RNC co- uh, spending versus the DNC spending. Oh, it was and, crazy. I mean, their get out the vote texting was like astronomical compared to the RNC. I mean, they very much are boots on the ground. Yes. We will engage our voters uh, no matter what. But, you know, you're talking about Kamala um not resonating with people. And you're you're right. Shocker. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but I'm also a little concerned that she just like does not seem to know anything about anything. Yeah. I mean, you have she's supposed to be the borders are. She hasn't even bothered to do anything <laughs> about that. Um, she's supposed to be, I, I don't know. It just seems like there's so much <sighs> Logan, I'm just, I'm just very fearful. I'm very worried that it, it feels like the Democrats are setting this up to be Joe Biden. Hillary Clinton is expressing. Uh, yeah, I concerns. saw that. Yes. Hillary Clinton. Like, hello, the alarm bells are going off. To your point earlier, there clearly was a, a point where the Democrats said, OK, now it's time to pivot. And now they're pivoting. And it feels a whole lot like it's going to be Joe Biden is forced to step down. And then we have President Kamala. And then question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, it's it's definitely a black pill uh, what they're going to do. I think what Republicans should understand is. You can never underestimate just how much the Democrats hate you. They don't care if they have someone, if they're making a mockery of their own party or doing the country or the country or embarrassing themselves. They hate you that more that much more. So uh, I I I think that they might try to get Michelle Obama in there. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. That's but I still some maybe I don't know. Clearly wants 2024 is going to be a very interesting year for the Democrats because uh Every day that Joe Biden goes out there, people, they're showing that we can't let this guy run things. Yeah, Newsom clearly wants it. Okay, yes. uh, Michelle Obama. I know I've I've heard reports that they are trying to court her, that they are trying to woo her into this. But I just keep thinking, like, if you're Michelle Obama, why do you want to like leave your 
rich Achieve, life. Yeah. yeah. And at Martha's Vineyard, you've got all this money now. You've you've had your time in the spotlight. You're making Netflix series. Like, why would you go back to do that? Well, so, I mean, it's the the idea that, like, you know, the president can just ha- has to be in Washington to run things. I mean, Biden goes on vacation like every weekend. Well, Biden's also and, not running. Things. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> but but that's, that's what I'm saying. You can yeah. let them you can just be on vacation the whole time and let the machinery of the actual government that's true. Function. That's true. That's true. All right. That's, we, how, that's a possibility. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. I mean, when we talk about Joe Biden just declining right in front of our very eyes, we really do mean that. Here was him earlier today talking about the Israel-Gaza uh, conflict. Watch. Every innocent life in Gaza is a tragedy. Every innocent life in Gaza is a tragedy. That's not even his worst one. Uh, that press conference was just disastrous. But we are watching decline in real time. Uh, the decline of the American country. Yeah, yeah. It's a metaphor for that. Yeah, right. The joke's on you because it's your country that's declining. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.